Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Why pick one city, one beach, one restaurant, or even one view? With Celebrity Cruises, you can have it all. Explore the best of Europe, the Caribbean, and Alaska with the best premium cruise line. And now get 75% off your second guest, plus bonus savings on select dates with Celebrity Cruises' semi-annual sale. Visit Celebrity.com, call 1-800-CELEBRITY, or contact your travel advisor. Offer applies to non-refundable fares and select sailing. Savings vary by stateroom category. Other terms apply. Visit Celebrity.com for details. Ships Registry Malta. Hello, Sophie. Hi. How are you? Good, how are you? Good. Welcome to the show. Thank you. This is Sophie. She's 13 in eighth grade. She has Down syndrome. And in a lot of ways, she's like any other kid in junior high. She loves hanging out with her friends, hates the school dress code. Yeah. What's your favorite subject at school? Lunch. Lunch. (laughs) The best. Sophie's even got a boyfriend. His name is Sam, and he's 15 now, and he's really nice to me, and I really like him. And t- tell me more about yourself. What What is your day like? So I set my alarm, I get up, I get dressed, and I start brushing my teeth, I do my makeup, then I eat breakfast, then I go to school. Will there be a fact-checking portion here? Yeah, yes, yes, yes. This is Sophie's mom, Amy. She had a few concerns about uh, the accuracy of our reporting here. No, I was was more kidding because the description of getting ready to school was so incredibly other. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) As the mom of a 13-year-old, Amy has a different take on how Sophie's mornings go. She says Sophie likes to sleep in. She spends half an hour each morning applying makeup from a giant leopard print box. And then... We will be five minutes from having to leave the house, and Sophie will decide that she needs to change out her backpack. Every other kid at the school has one backpack. Sophie has like 20. According to Sophie, it is not fashionable to wear the same backpack two days in a row. This is The Longest Shortest Time. I'm Hillary Frank. Yes, today with a sinus infection. Today, we're going to hear about Sophie's life, mostly through her mom, Amy Silverman. Amy is a journalist. She actually wrote a whole book about raising Sophie called My Heart Can't Even Believe It, a story of science, love, and Down syndrome. I, I just love Amy's writing. She's got this amazingly dry wit, and she mixes that up with a fierce love for her daughter. And she, she just catches you off guard with her extreme honesty. She asks these questions that, that most of us would be scared to say out loud. Things like this. Um, she writes, If I have to have a child with developmental disabilities, that's fine. But why does her body have to develop normally? So today, that's what we're going to be talking about. What happens when your kid with a developmental disability isn't a kid anymore? Now, to start off, I think a lot of us have a picture in our head of what Down syndrome looks like. 
but maybe we're not super clear on what Down syndrome means. So I had Amy break it down. It's uh, the most common uh, genetic disorder, and it happens when there's an extra 21st chromosome. So we each have 23 chromosomes from our mom, 23 from our dad. Sophie has an extra one. She has 47. Uh, So Sophie just has a little bit of extra genetic material. And so how does Down syndrome express itself um, generally? Like what are some of the characteristics? So really it affects every bit of Sophie because it affects all of her cells. But um, always it comes with some level of intellectual disability. Uh, People with Down syndrome tend to be smaller in stature, which was a double whammy in our family because we're all short. Uh, typically almond-shaped eyes, lower-set ears, all kinds of things. And and often in about half the cases, a severe um, heart defect. Before Sophie was born, Amy thought of Down syndrome as just one of those words on a long list of things that you don't want your baby to have. But about six months into her pregnancy, she had a blood test that showed her baby had an elevated risk. Her doctor wanted to do an amniotic fluid test, but Amy was really nervous about the giant needle. So instead, she opted for a second ultrasound. During the visit, the technician took a look and told her she was absolutely certain the baby did not have Down syndrome. At that point, Amy forgot all about it until the day Sophie was born. I woke up in the recovery room after she was born and looked over and my husband and the nurse were... I don't know, fiddling around with, I think, a measuring tape. And I asked my husband what they were doing, and he said, we are measuring Sophie's ears because it looks like she has Down syndrome. Wow. And how did you react? I pretended I didn't hear, and I closed my eyes and went back to sleep. It was sort of that feeling that I'm going to wake up and I'm. it's going to have been a dream. Amy's husband, Ray, took the opposite route. The pediatrician wouldn't be available to take a look at the baby until that evening. So Ray spent the entire day asking every nurse who came in whether they thought Sophie had Down syndrome. And then finally, around dinner time, the pediatrician came. And he said, I know you're worried that this baby has Down syndrome and all the nurses think that she has it, but I have examined the baby and the baby does not have Down syndrome, which is exactly what I wanted to hear. And he said, but just to be on the safe side, we'll do a blood test just to, you know, alleviate all concerns. Amy told the doctor they weren't going to leave the hospital until they knew for sure. So they waited. A couple days later, he came back with the results. And this time he had an associate with him and he was not looking us in the eye this time. He was looking at his shoes and he said, well, the the test results are back and the baby has Down syndrome. And then he said, but the good news is she doesn't have a heart defect. I have checked her heart, and she definitely doesn't have a heart defect. And he said, but just to be on the safe side, we'll do a test to just to be sure. And Ray and I looked at each other like, she has a heart defect for sure. And she did. What were you imagining that this meant for you? Oh, I know short of I had ruined my life, Ray's life, by bringing this imperfect child into the world, that I was going to burden society, burden my family, burden anyone who came in our path. 
with this person who would not immediately be able to play Scrabble and talk politics and read fancy books. I was a complete asshole. <laughs> I mean, I still kind of am, but but way more so then. Amy cringes now when she thinks back to her initial reaction. But I mean, we all have ideas about what it looks like for our kids to thrive in the world. And for Amy, that meant being an intellectual. As a kid, Amy was the president of the Speech and Debate Club. She and her husband are both journalists. To her, a happy family was one that argued over politics and had stacks of the New Yorker lying around. It was all she knew. Because in my family and in my world, that's how you were judged. You weren't judged on whether you were kind or funny or quirky or different. You were judged on whether you could hold up your end of the conversation at the dinner table. I I think when she was born that I knew so little about Down syndrome and intellectual disabilities, I didn't even know that my kid would, that there was the possibility she'd have her own likes and dislikes, that she'd have her own personality. There wasn't a ton of time to dwell on that, though, early on. Sophie needed a feeding tube. She had her first open-heart surgery at four months old. And then she had to have a second one at age four. And just the act of having this baby with this very severe health problem, it was, you know, terrifying kind of minute to minute to keep her alive. Um, But we did it. And it was a process of getting to know her and understand her and falling in love with her. Babies with Down syndrome actually develop pretty typically. It just takes them a little longer to hit certain milestones. Sophie started walking at age three. She needed orthotics and a walker at first, but she got there. She potty trained at age five, just in time to go to kindergarten. Can you remember the moment when you realized that Sophie was her own person and not, you know, just simply defined by her Down syndrome? I do. When she was turning seven... I that is a long time first of all. I know <laughs> it was. was I know. Years. And I don't want to say it was like just a like a completely horrendous miserable 7 years, but it really it was a turning point for me where I sat down and recognized her list of likes and dislikes and and how we interacted together and how I felt about her and that I was not I didn't love her because I was her mother. I loved her because she was this person I had fallen in love with. She was super into Piglet from Winnie the Pooh and Olivia the Pig, and she did not like sleeping in her own bed, and she loved the color purple. And then soon after that, she decided she hated the color purple, and she actually told me one day, purple is the enemy. And so that (laughs) that switched. Now it's been turquoise ever since. Um, (laughs) She, I remember... Why was purple the enemy? I don't... You know why, I think? I think because I was trying to get a purple swim shirt on her at the beach, and she didn't want to put a swim shirt on. She just wanted her bathing suit. And I said, but look, Sophie, it's purple, your favorite color. And she said, purple is the enemy. (laughs) Kids with Down syndrome typically have a mild to moderate cognitive disability. 
but that doesn't mean they can't learn. They might struggle to understand a spoken instruction, like if you say, we need to leave in 15 minutes, that's kind of abstract, hard to wrap their heads around. But if you get more visual about it and say, we need to leave when the big hand is on the three, they'll totally get it. Social stuff can also be tricky, like figuring out when a situation is dangerous, or say the difference between what's public and what's private. But people with Down syndrome are also often incredibly intuitive and emotionally plugged in. There's also a huge range of ability. Some kids never really learn to speak. Others attend college. In Sophie's case, the big issue is the motor stuff. She still needs help tying her shoes. At school, she has an aide that helps her get from place to place and manage her schedule. And while she's in a lower-level math class, for the most part, she's able to stick with her grade level. She ended up being a whole lot more like the rest of us than I thought she would. I remember very early on making a comment about how she would never read the book A Wrinkle in Time. And she read it, I think she read it last year, for a book report at school. Middle school has given Amy plenty of other things to worry about, though. More on that when we come back. Stay with us. <laughs> Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Why pick one city, one beach, one restaurant, or even one view? With Celebrity Cruises, you can have it all. Explore the best of Europe, the Caribbean, and Alaska with the best premium cruise line. And now get 75% off your second guest, plus bonus savings on select dates with Celebrity Cruises' semi-annual sale. Visit Celebrity.com, call 1-800-CELEBRITY, or contact your travel advisor. Offer applies to non-refundable fares and select sailing. Savings vary by stateroom category. Other terms apply. Visit Celebrity.com for details. Ships Registry Malta. Start clean with Clorox, because Clorox delivers a powerful clean every time. Because messes happen. Because... Hey, honey, you know your dad's world-famous chili. Yeah, the one that takes 24 hours to make. So I was trying to help out and bring the pot to the table, but it was, like, super hot. And then I, um, dropped it. And now the floor looks all, you know, stained with chili. Look, the point is, you guys cool with pizza for dinner? <laughs> honey? Ooh, yeah, that happens. So start clean with Clorox. Use Clorox products as directed. We're back with author Amy Silverman. Amy's daughter Sophie is 13 now. And remember when Sophie was born, Amy was afraid Sophie would never have a real personality or likes and dislikes. But that hasn't been true at all. Sophie knows exactly what she wants and she goes after it. Like in sixth grade with drama, Sophie found out all on her own that there was a class offered on campus, but that only the gifted kids were allowed to take it. And she wanted to take drama. And for a month, every day at lunch, she found the principal of the Gifted Academy and and asked him to let her take drama. Sophie's lobbying didn't work at first. Amy got an email from the principal asking her to make Sophie stop. Big mistake. Then I decided that I that I agreed with Sophie. I didn't understand why electives need to be segregated. So I I met with several people including the superintendent of the school district. And finally, in this, her last semester of eighth grade, after I continued to bitch and moan 
they did start a drama class for the general ed kids. So she's she's getting to take drama. That's great. But I give her credit for that. It's both of you together, it sounds like. Yeah, yeah. Well, we make, we make a good tag team. Sophie doesn't mess around with that middle school secret crush crap either. If she likes someone, they know about it. Like her social studies teacher this year. He's a hipster. Looks like he shops at REI and works out. And the first day, she asked him for his phone number so that she could give it to her father so they could go hiking together. (laughs) And he gave it to her. Sophie's got a lot of opinions about fashion, too. These days, she's really into YouTube tutorials. Everything from skincare to how to shop for school supplies... Uh, to how to get ready for high school. She has been getting ready for high school for years. What does she seem to be excited about? Well, mostly like she told you, she really doesn't want dress code. She has hated that dress code since day one. Absolutely hates it. Why? Why? Is it just, do you think it's about like not wanting to be told what to do or she doesn't like the fashion of it? Both. She definitely doesn't like to be told what to do and she wants to express herself. And so I, you know, I think to myself, Sophie, trust me, you already stand out in the crowd. You are the size of a first grader at this junior high with all these big rough and tumble kids. Um, You have your fashionable glasses. You refuse to brush your hair. That's your fashion statement. She, uh, she for months wore these strappy wedge sandals. My sister got her for her birthday at Target. Wouldn't wear anything else. They're like gladiator shoes with the zipper (laughs) up the back. (laughs) Yeah. I would guess very Long Island. I'm not sure. (laughs) For the record, I have a pair of strappy sandals like these, too. (laughs) Sorry, Long Island. We think you're great. But to be clear, when Amy says Sophie stands out in a crowd, she doesn't mean it in a judgy way. She just admires Sophie's guts. Amy says that back when she was in middle school, she wasn't just regular kid awkward. She was the quintessential wallflower with a massive undiagnosed case of anxiety. So like when a popular guy at her eighth grade dance came up to ask her out, she was so unsure about whether it was a joke that she told him no, even though she thought he was really cute. Amy says she loved clothes and made bold fashion choices too. But unlike Sophie, Amy never felt comfortable in them. I'm the one who had the t-shirt dress with horizontal stripes in primary colors, red, blue, green, yellow, and managed, of course, to wear it when I had my period and get blood on the yellow stripe. That, that was pretty much me in a nutshell. So when Amy sees Sophie walk out the door in the morning, she remembers her own past and gets middle school nervous all over again. Sophie, though, not so much. Sophie does not care at all what other people think. So it's funny because she wants to express her fashion sense. But if somebody laughs and says, look, you're wearing, you know, these shoes, she doesn't care. Is there, do you, do you envy that at all? Oh, I envy so much about Sophie. So much. I, I often think that I would love to not constantly worry about what other people think to, um, if you love someone to show them that you love them to do a cheer for your social studies teacher because you want to and you don't care if the other kids are laughing. To step onto the campus in the morning and make your mom crank up the opening song to La La Land and just perform (laughs) the shit out of it. You know, and I sit there and I watch her doing it and I watch the kids laughing and I realize that, yeah, they're laughing and I'm laughing too. And they're not really laughing at her as much as, as as you would think. 
I don't feel like I don't feel like they're mean. I feel like they're just like, oh my god, they're so. Look at that. Check that out. There's another thing that Sophie took on fearlessly: puberty. Sophie's big sister Annabelle is 15, two years ahead. Sophie looks up to Annabelle and watches her every move. So when Annabelle started going through puberty, Sophie saw the bras, saw the tampons, and she was psyched. You know, ever since we first went bra shopping for Annabelle, she's been demanding bras. She has a gigantic bra collection. Ironically, she now does not always like to wear a bra. Wait, wait, wait. A, a gigantic bra collection. What kind of bras does she have? Oh, well, I mean, nothing like not, not, not like Fredericks of Hollywood, but, you know, everything yeah, Target like, <laughs> has to offer, you know, like padded, not padded, lacy, not lacy, striped, polka dotted. She has a ton of bras. She has more bras than I do. Was she as excited about actually growing breasts or more excited about the bras? Oh, I think it's equal. Oh, man. Like, I, I remember, I remember feeling so bad about that. <laughs> like, I, that, like, it hurts and yeah. it's awkward. Oh, and she'll tell, like, she'll point at him and say, Mom, my boobs hurt. But she's like quivering with excitement. She's so, ex- she's so happy to have these changes taking place. Part of it, I think, is wanting to be like an older person and, or a more mature person. And part of it is just this unbridled enthusiasm. She doesn't care. She's like, yeah, here they are. <laughs> Super pr- I mean, pubic hair, even more exciting than breasts. Just could not wait. And for years would have me crouch down and check, check her armpits, check her crotch to see if she had any. So she was, um, for a really long time, just super, super desperate to get it. And and so one day, you know, I said, all right, let me see. And she held up her, her arm and I looked and I said, Sophie, I'm really sorry, sweetie, but you don't have any yet. And I don't know if maybe it was, you know, she was kind of prepubescent or what, but that just set her off and she was so upset. She's, and I could see her lip quivering and I just didn't want her to be upset. So I said, all right, let me, you know, let me, let me check the other place. And so I crouched down and I looked and I don't know, maybe there was the shadow of something, but I just couldn't, I just couldn't tell her no. And I said, I see some, not a lot, but I see some. And you would think that I told her we were leaving for Disneyland in five minutes. She was beside herself, squealing, laughing, just all over the place. And, um... And then I said, okay, you know, it's really time to get in the shower. You got school tomorrow. It's time to get going. And, you know, that was like on some level a pretty mature conversation that we just had. And I put her in the shower. And, you know, like any tween, she began to sing a song. But the song that Sophie sang was the ABCs. And it and it was, it pulled me back and reminded me she's not, she's not a typical kid. I have a child who has pubic hair and sucks her thumb. She's she's definitely caught between two worlds. Early on, Amy also started prepping Sophie for the day she'd get her period. Sophie even took a special class about it. So when it finally came, they were ready. Well, as as ready as you can be. 
we didn't exactly have like a real party when she got her period, but it was close. There was a lot of high fiving <laughs> and celebrating and phone calls all around, calls to a lot of our you know close friends, my, my friends who were friends with her. Um, she was just she really wanted excited. to make the phone calls. She wanted to make the phone calls. Oh yeah, yeah. And she'll tell you, I'm a woman. I'm a woman now. When we come back. Amy and Sophie both try to make sense of what being a woman will actually mean for Sophie. Don't go away. (laughs) VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Why pick one city, one beach, one restaurant, or even one view? With Celebrity Cruises, you can have it all. Explore the best of Europe, the Caribbean, and Alaska with the best premium cruise line. And now get 75% off your second guest, plus bonus savings on select dates with Celebrity Cruises' semi-annual sale. Visit Celebrity.com, call 1-800-CELEBRITY, or contact your travel advisor. Offer applies to non-refundable fares and select sailing. Savings vary by stateroom category. Other terms apply. Visit Celebrity.com for details. Ships Registry Malta. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. With the Internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms, Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers. In fact, Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash podcast free. All lowercase, shopify.com slash podcast free, shopify.com slash podcast free. We are back with Amy Silverman. Now, even though Sophie has Down syndrome, she's mainstreamed in school, which means that she's in classes with almost all regular ed kids. And a couple weeks ago, Amy visited one of Sophie's classes for career day. This was actually Sophie's idea. Sophie wanted Amy to talk about her book, which, of course, is all about Sophie. And Sophie was so excited, she even arranged with the school to break dress code that day so that she and Amy could wear matching outfits. And as Amy was talking to the class... She felt Sophie give her a nudge. Then Sophie whispered in her ear. She said, tell the class what I told you last night. And the night before, she had cuddled up against me in bed and said, I, I spent the whole day thinking, Mom, that I don't want to have Down syndrome. I don't want to have it. And that's what she wanted me to tell them. And, and did you tell them? I did. I did. I mean, I stood there. I, I really was unprepared. I didn't know that that, that, that was going to come up. I don't know if Sophie knew it was going to come up. In conversation, she's very impulsive, except there's typically something to it, you know, something that she's been thinking about. And their eyes were wide. So you say to the class, Sophie wants me to tell you that she wishes she didn't have Down yes. syndrome. And how do they react? Well, you could have heard a pin drop for sure. And I followed it quickly with, you know, everybody has something about themselves that is different and that they on some days they like and some days they don't like. Do you have something that you can think of about yourself that you don't like? And, you know, most of the heads around the room nodded. And I felt like there was this really strong connection and they got it. You you made it universal for them. Like, we all have something about ourselves that we wish was different. 
I mean, I was just going to say, yeah, I said that to them, but it's kind of BS. A version of this whole scene actually played out at home years before this, back when Sophie was eight and a half. That year, Sophie started participating in the Special Olympics. It was the first time she'd ever been around lots of people with disabilities. And shortly after that was the first time Sophie told her parents she didn't want to have Down syndrome. My husband came and sat with us and he's, you know, he tried to explain and and he said, well, you know, Sophie, I'm not very tall and I don't like that. And she just looked at him like, you know, F you, dad, (laughs) that is not the same thing. I feel like it's like she must feel like she's running through jello all the time. You know, everything, every single thing is just a little bit or maybe a lot harder for her. And yet it's not like it's it's not like she can't see through it. She can see through the jello to see us and see how we are. And so she has this awareness of what it's like or what it might be like to not have this intellectual disability. I also got a hint of this when I talked to Sophie. Why does it seem exciting to be older? Well, I'm excited to be older is because then it's like when my body starts to grow, I grow also. You grow also? Yeah. Yeah, how do you mean? Like, what I mean is like when people grow to be a teenager, then they try to be so hard to be a teenager. Something I think she can't quite articulate but believes is that once she has an adult woman's body, her brain will catch up, that she will catch up developmentally. You think she thinks that? She does. I think so. Sophie is, of course, still learning and growing, but Amy knows that gap between Sophie's cognitive development and her body is never going away, at least not the way Sophie hopes it will. And Amy says the more that Sophie's body grows up, the more she worries. Particularly as she encounters a boy who seems to like her, wants to kiss her. And that is a lot of the challenge with her boyfriend, Sam. He doesn't have Down syndrome. He doesn't have an intellectual disability. Amy says Sam seems like a genuinely nice kid. He came to Sophie's bat mitzvah. He's kissed her twice. Amy says she even watched him wait patiently in a mall as Sophie shopped for jewelry at Claire's. So, you know, romance, such as it is in junior high. But Amy's kept a close eye nonetheless. Sophie's never alone with Sam. She's always with Amy or a nanny or an aide. And Amy knows, of course, that one day Sophie's boyfriends will be man friends. And so there's this whole weird sort of landscape that you have to figure out how to navigate and wonder is... Somebody without the intellectual disability going to take advantage of somebody with it. I guess in the abstract, I never really saw that type of thing coming. I just figured, you know, she'd go her merry way through school. And then at the appropriate time, you know, what does your mom say? Like, you can't date till you're 40. But, you know, like at 22 or 23, suddenly this handsome young man with Down syndrome would show up and, you know, they'd ride off into the sunset. Um, And now I'm realizing how messy the teenage years are going to be in terms of crushes and and keeping her safe. That's really my that's my number one goal. In spite of all her fears, though, Amy's actually pretty gung ho about Sophie having relationships one day, at least in her book. She writes, I'd also like for her to have great sex. 
I know that sounds bad, and it might make some parents cringe, and maybe I'm objectifying Sophie when I say it, but there it is. I want my daughter to fall in love, get married, and have great sex. Because if anyone deserves it, it's Sophie. Yeah, and why Why is that Why is that your hope? Because everybody deserves Well, not everybody deserves it, right? Jerks don't deserve <laughs> it. But Sophie is such an incredibly loving, giving, wonderful, um, physical person that that would be the natural sort of extension of it. And, and if she can't go to medical school or be a radio producer or, or even dance on point, I want her to have as fulfilling a life as possible. You wrote in your book, um, I can accept that Sophie won't be a surgeon, but I'm not ready to consider that she will never become somebody's mother. Yeah, there's, and yeah, yeah. Why and I'm not? and I'm not well because and she hasn't talked about it much lately but for many years she was very focused on babies on being a mother on having a baby and I don't really like what being told what to do in general neither does Sophie and I hate that society comes out and says from the very beginning you know no way no way will she have a baby I think that one of the reasons Sophie does as well as she does is because we didn't really know what she was and wasn't capable of. And so we just sort of, you know, we raised her like we raised Annabelle. And so I do bristle if someone says, well, she definitely can't be on the dance team in high school or there's no way she can be in a mainstream English class. But I do realize bearing a child is a little different. Amy knows this isn't a super realistic dream. It's extremely rare for a woman with Down syndrome to raise a child. Amy doesn't think it would be a good idea for Sophie to pair up with a typically abled guy for all the safety reasons she's talked about. From what we understand right now, men with Down syndrome are generally infertile. And even if Sophie did get pregnant, there would be a 35 to 50% chance the baby would also have Down syndrome. Sophie, in so many ways, I think, would tell you she has a great life, and yet I wonder when push comes to shove what it's going to mean for her. There are so many roadblocks that really are up for her, even though I don't want to admit a lot of them. And I wonder if this sort of germ of not wanting to have Down syndrome is going to turn into something a lot bigger. Her sister's about to get her driving permit. Sophie's not going to get a driving permit. You know, will she be able to will she be able to fall in love and get married? It's hard enough for the rest of us. Will she ever be able to live on her own? Right now she says she does not want to live on her own. She wants to live with us and sleep in our bed forever. But she might change her mind. And and it's funny because it's not funny, but I you know, I go back to that very first day when she was born and thinking about, oh my God, I've ruined our lives. And I don't think I've ruined our lives because I think Sophie has made our lives so much better. I'm not ready to say I've ruined hers by bringing this kid into the world who has Down syndrome, but I really, really worry about her. It's really hard to know what's in Sophie's cards. We talked to a couple organizations that serve the Down syndrome community, and they told us that a small percentage of kids with Down syndrome do grow up to live fairly independent lives with jobs. Marriages do happen between people with developmental disabilities. Often the couple will live in a separate apartment in the home of one of their parents, or at least with some extra help. 
One of the biggest factors in happiness among people with Down syndrome, just like the rest of us, is whether or not they feel like they're getting the opportunity to show the world how much they're actually capable of. Now, as far as Sophie, Sophie can't wait to get to work on the high school yearbook. She wants to be a photographer. And yes, there are a couple photographers with Down syndrome out there. Amy knows Sophie has a tough road ahead. But she also knows Sophie is one brave girl, kind of a badass, actually, and full of surprises. For instance, the other day, Amy and Sophie were locked in one of their epic morning battles to get out the door. Sophie always does this thing where she tells Amy not to take a shower. She says it makes them late. And I say, well, what do you care? You want to be late anyhow, which is a really good example of my fine parenting skills. And so the other day I said, look, I'm I'm not, I don't. I'm not going to wash my hair, but like I got to wash my vagina, okay? Like I just I we got like I'm just trying to explain to you like we're we're just quick, quick. Yeah. And then in the end, we were late for school because I forgot my laptop and we had to pull the car around and go back and I had to get my laptop. And I said, "Okay, I'm going to make you a deal. I, I we're we are late and you're not supposed to be late, but you can go in the office and tell them that you're late." because of your mom and and I was focused on the laptop then I get a text from her aide a couple hours later Sophie says that she was late today because you had to wash your vagina <laughs> amazing you are such an asshole Sophie and like on one hand I realized that that would automatically look like a developmental you know problem because a typical kid wouldn't do that but I think that Sophie knew exactly what she was doing but she doesn't have inhibition so she took advantage and she just went for it to get me Amy's book about raising Sophie is called My Heart Can't Even Believe It, A Story of Science, Love, and Down Syndrome. And Amy's recommended a couple of books that really helped her make sense of parenting a child with a disability. We will link to those as well as other resources for parenting kids and teens with Down Syndrome on our website, longestshortesttime.com. And while you are there, we want to hear from you. Let us know how puberty, either your kids or your own, threw you for a loop. Maybe there's an inopportune time that you got your period. Mine involved my dad leaving a pool party to bring me a fresh pair of shorts. Thanks, Dad. Help us continue this conversation in the comments for this episode. That's episode 117. This podcast is produced by me, Hillary Frank, with Kristen Clark and Abigail Keel. We are edited by Peter Clowney. Our engineers are Pete Karam and Jared O'Connell. Our technical director is the Reverend John Delore. Our music is performed by hotmoms.gov and directed by Allison Layton Brown. Additional music this week from Kevin McLeod and Chris Zabriskie. We get editorial support from Anne-Marie Baldonado, Antonia Akatunde, and Rekha Murthy. Special thanks this week to Bryn Jolero and Taylor Shields at the Global Down Syndrome Foundation and to Colleen Hatcher at the National Down Syndrome Society. We will be back in a few weeks with a slate of brand new episodes. Look for those on April 12th. Make sure you don't miss when our new season drops by subscribing to our show in iTunes or Stitcher or wherever you get your podcasts. And please, while you're there, this is important, rate us and write us a review. 
write about what your favorite episode was from this season. There were boobs. There were queer couples wanting to make babies. There was my charming friend, Kirsten. There's lots to choose from. Your reviews help us to climb those podcast charts. So do it now. This will really help us. And as always, here at The Longest Shortest Time, we are looking for your stories. This week, we're asking for something pretty fun. We know that lots of you have traditions with your kids where you tell them the story of the day that they were born. So we want to hear your kids' version of that story. Sit them down, get them to tell it to you in their own words. Right now on our website, we've got a post with instructions on how to record this using your phone's voice memo app. And we want to hear whatever is on your mind about kids and family. So go to longestshortesttime.com and submit your story. and I'm back and so is my show with special guest Lauren Lapkiss. It's the show where I'm always the guest and there's a new host every week. We've got some awesome new hosts coming soon and they're all a surprise so you'll have to just tune in. New episodes of With Special Guest Lauren Lapkiss are coming every Friday. Listen on Earwolf, iTunes, Stitcher or your favorite podcast app. Happy to be home. Stand up. You sing Earwolf? This has been an Earwolf production, executive produced by Scott Ackerman and Chris Bannon. For more information and content, visit Earwolf.com. Why pick one city, one beach, one restaurant, or even one view? With Celebrity Cruises, you can have it all. Explore the best of Europe, the Caribbean, and Alaska with the best premium cruise line. And now get 75% off your second guest, plus bonus savings on select dates with Celebrity Cruises' semi-annual sale. Visit Celebrity.com, call 1-800-CELEBRITY, or contact your travel advisor. Offer applies to non-refundable fares and select sailing. Savings vary by stateroom category. Other terms apply. Visit Celebrity.com for details. Ships Registry Malta.